0: Hello and welcome to Ask the Squiz, our special edition podcast to help squeezers with their burning questions about the referendum on the Indigenous voice to Parliament. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimble. Ask the Squiz, Clare, this week, lots more questions came through. I reckon most questions about the voice actually start with how, and we could probably give a bit of a blanket answer on those questions. <laughs>
1: Lots of how. How is this going to work? Yeah. Uh, the answer is we still don't know because no one knows at this point and this is related to things like how many people will be on The Voice or how will it operate. The specifics aren't clear because that's going to be dealt with in legislation if there is a yes vote. This referendum really is about whether you think Indigenous people should be part of the decisions that the government makes about the issues relating to them
0: and whether that should be guaranteed in the Constitution. And we have tackled a lot of those how questions in previous episodes, so feel free to dive into those. But today, we'll cover off the wording of the proposed amendment, what other countries do to consult with their Indigenous populations, and how a plebiscite differs from a referendum. Let's get into it. First question of the week comes from Sharon Clare. It's in two parts. The first part is... Do we know exactly how the constitu- how there's a how the change to the <laughs> constitution will be worded? There's a simple answer to that. Yeah, it's a
1: straightforward one. Yes, Sharon, we do know the precise wording of the proposed change to the constitution. So, when you get your ballot paper, it will detail the planned amendment. It's about 12 lines of text, and then you get a much simpler yes or no question to answer, which is do you approve this alteration?
0: And in a nutshell, that bit would be inserted into the constitution and I'm summarising here but the bit that will be put in there is that in recognition of Indigenous people there should be a voice that can make representations to Parliament and the executive government on matters affecting Indigenous peoples and that Parliament will have the power to make laws to set up the voice and all its powers and procedures. Am I right? Very good summary, Kate, and it does set
1: us up for the next part of Sharon's question, which is what happens if the yes vote gets up but there's a disagreement about how to legislate for The Voice. And, look, it's a great question because if this referendum does pass, the setting up of The Voice could take some time.
0: Yeah, and there are a lot of views in Parliament on The Voice. I suppose we can expect it will be a potentially bumpy ride for that legislation, even though the Albanese government might do a lot of consultation before it puts forward the legislation, different sides of politics will likely propose amendments and it might take a little while. Yeah, they have to consult on drafting the legislation.
1: Mm. There will be parliamentary inquiries about how the voice would be set up and, of course, pretty robust debate on the way through.
0: Yeah, and Sharon, no one can really be sure of the precise time frame it would take to get an agreement that passes through both Houses of Parliament. That goes for all legislation, but also specifically this one. On to our next question. The second question this week is one that several squizzers have asked and that's about examples from overseas. I've been asking this myself, Claire. Mm. People want to know how other countries with Indigenous populations have handled constitutional recognition and representative bodies like The Voice. Comparisons are hard. They are hard because, of course, each population
1: has had different experiences and there are different issues confronting those populations that need to be addressed. But mm. let's just start by having a look at our mates over the Dutch in New Zealand. Uh, <laughs> well done. Maori people in New Zealand signed a treaty in 1840 with the British Crown and that document, which is the Treaty of Waitangi, it has been crucial to giving Maori a voice within New Zealand's political system over Over time. It's worth noting, though, that the document isn't actually in the constitution. That's because New Zealand doesn't have a constitution which is something (laughs) I just learned researching this Um, but still the treaty is a very fundamental part
0: of Kiwi life. It sets out land rights and equal citizenship and equality before the law. More broadly there are a lot of aspects of the Maori relationship with the government that Indigenous leaders here would like to replicate. The Kiwi parliament has seven out of 120 seats reserved for Maori and even though that mightn't seem huge there are a lot more Maori MPs who get elected through the general ballot anyway.
1: Yep. So that's New Zealand. Canada is another country that's pretty similar to Australia in a lot of ways. Mm. And the situation over there is that their First Nations people achieved constitutional
0: recognition in 1982. It outlines a whole lot of very specific rights, including the right to self-determination. Canada also had a Truth and Reconciliation Commission running for about eight years in the mid-2000s. That detailed the appalling treatment of Indigenous peoples and every Canadian was encouraged to read the final report?
1: Yeah, and every now and then in the news there are still stories about actually actioning what that commission found, so it's an ongoing discussion there. Uh, We could say a lot more. There are countries including Taiwan, um, South American and Scandinavian nations, Pacific Island nations, also the United States, and very many more that have worked through models to guarantee Indigenous people are heard. Um, There are other countries though where it hasn't worked. Uh, Last year, Chile voters actually rejected a proposed constitutional change to enhance their Indigenous rights.
0: It's pretty complicated, as I said, and it's hard to compare, but that gives you a little bit of context to what others have done. Let's move on. Before we get into what might be in the news next week, a message from our podcast advertiser BHP. This week, they're keen to share with Squizzes how the resources they mine are key to the energy transition to renewable energy. Yeah, we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role resources play in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure, as well as in bridges, transportation, hospitals, and schools, and a big part of it comes from iron ore. BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Australian iron ore is clear. And by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Hedland. It's happening now at BHP, and if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. Mim has, I feel like we're always finishing with a practical question and this is a practical sort of question. What's the difference between a referendum and a plebiscite? So she, of course, is referencing the same-sex marriage vote
1: Mm. that happened not that long ago. And look, Mim, we're not going to ping you for that because it's not like we have these sorts of votes every day. The key difference is that a referendum is only held if the government wants to change the constitution. And that's why we have to have a referendum on The Voice because the government wants to put it into the constitution. A plebiscite though, like the one that we had on same-sex marriage, it didn't require a change to the constitution. It just needed to amend an act of parliament.
0: So it was just like a big national poll. And And I guess the voice could have been done in the same way through a plebiscite or just through legislation at all. However, the government agreed with some Indigenous leaders' calls for it to be put into the constitution. This is one of the sticking points. Yeah, it's exactly right. That's where a lot of the debate, is happening and i
1: guess we should probably go back to basics just to explain this because mim i reckon this is probably where some of the confusion is coming from Mm. and just remind people why the government and indigenous leaders have taken this view that the voice needs to be in the constitution and that's down to two things one is recognition uh, that indigenous australians are so central to what australia is that they should get a shout out in our founding document and the other is basically securing a guarantee that they will be heard into the future. If the voice is simply legislated for, they say that the government of the day could just disband it and something like that has happened in the past. But Mm. if there is a provision for a voice in the constitution, uh, a body that gives Indigenous people a say in the policies that affect them has to happen and it has to remain in place.
0: It has to remain in place unless they have a referendum to remove it, which would be quite something. Um, Going back to Mim's plebiscite, it isn't about constitutional change. It's not actually binding either, a plebiscite. So even back in 2017, when 62% of Aussies said, yes, we should allow same-sex marriage, the government didn't actually have to do anything. No, and it really came down to the politics of the day. You
1: might remember that the then Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, was having issues with his own Liberal and National Party MPs who didn't want the change, but it gave him a way to say to them, Look, the Australian people have spoken. Mm. We need to implement these law changes in respect to their wishes.
0: Yeah, and a couple of other differences we should point out. It's compulsory to vote in a referendum but not a plebiscite. And you need this more complicated double majority to actually win A referendum.
1: Yeah, so a referendum is a bit like a process behind an election. You have to vote. You will be fined if you don't vote, whereas that plebiscite back in 2017, which was a postal survey, you didn't actually Mm. go into a polling booth to vote, uh, there was an 80% response rate because it was voluntary. And, yep, a referendum is a much trickier thing to get passed, so you need that absolute majority of all Australian voters plus at least four out of the six states, they need to have a
0: majority yes vote too. A majority of people in a majority of states. And a fun fact for you, Australia had a plebiscite back in 1977 to decide what our national song should be instead of God Save the Queen. That's where we voted for Advance Australia Fair over Waltzing Matilda, Claire.
1: Yep, another fun fact, Kate. It was the ACT <laughs> that was the only jurisdiction which preferred Waltzing Matilda. So there you go.
0: <laughs> there you go. I wonder what that outcome would be there days who knows. <laughs> That's us done for another week. A huge thank you to for all the questions. We've got a couple more episodes before the vote. If you have burning questions, send us an email to hello at the au or fill out the form. There's a link to that in your episode notes. There's also a voice referendum resource center on our website, au Check that out. And if you've got people in your life that are undecided about how they're going to vote, it's a good one to share with them. Just get them the lay of the land, all the facts. The yes, the no, the ins and outs and a good way to help make up your mind. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back next week. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us, tell your family, tell your barista, tell your hairdresser, whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.